uh, really excited and honored to have uh, Taylor Stutz, who's a, a, a missionary uh, based out of YWAM, uh, with us today. Uh, and so, uh, don't worry, the rest of you should get, you'll get excited too. So he's a, just met him this morning, uh, great guy, uh, just a dear brother already, and just excited about the word that he's going to share with us about how the practically the kingdom of God intersects with every area uh, of our life. So not only along with YOM, but he's also uh, begun in, uh, a ministry called Fire and Fragrance, and uh, he doesn't want... <laughs> Doesn't, uh, he would, doesn't want me to share this, but he did, he did author a book as well. So if you go on that website, you can get that there. And uh, also as a part of a circuit riders ministry uh, that's been involved uh, in Northwestern. They were here last spring. And so um, last thing I'll mention before I invite him up is this weekend he's a part of a, of a conference called Commission the City. So it's Friday night. It's Saturday, all day Saturday. Um, and so it's really about how to, how to live out the kingdom life. So it's really, we didn't plan it this way for this week to lead up, lead up to this. And so uh, it's just really cool to see how the Lord's connecting the dots here. But that's a free event at North Heights Lutheran Church. Uh, so he'll, Taylor will be there. Uh, Andy Bird, if you're familiar with him. Francis Chan. Uh, Francis Chan will be speaking Saturday night. And so if you haven't gotten connected there, you can uh, go to Commission the City. It's on Facebook and the website. So, uh, but would you please uh, this morning give uh, a nor warm Northwestern welcome to Taylor. So, come on. All right. And uh, let's pray. Let's pray together for him and for ourselves. And so we just want to say, dear Lord, uh, all of what we sung, uh, what we've said so far is true. We ask that your spirit would fill us, would fill Taylor, uh, that you'd have your will and way with us this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Am I on? Can, can you hear? What's up, guys? It's good to be here. You guys are so lucky. You are so blessed and privileged to have a legend like this leading you guys on campus. Come on. Justin is amazing. This place is amazing. And uh, it's such a privilege for me to be up here in front of you to share a little bit of my heart, a little bit of my story, because I just see unlimited potential in this room. I really mean that. I believe that God is living and active inside each and every one of you, breathing life. Jesus' blood is pumping through your veins. I believe the Holy Spirit has empowered each and every one of you to live an epic calling. And when you tap into God, who is eternal, unlimited, right? And that God is living inside of you. Then I look at this room and I see the unlimited potential inside of every single person. And this is a familiar feeling to me. I grew up going to a Christian school. And I, uh, <clears throat> I've been a missionary for the last 10 years of my life. I've preached the gospel in over 26 different countries. But you know what? I wasn't always saved. And I didn't always know God. And a, there's a huge part of my life where I thought God wasn't real at all. And I would consider myself probably like a deist, but really I was an atheist. <laughs> and I, uh, I, you know, I grew up knowing all the right answers. I grew up knowing lots of Bible knowledge. But for some reason, I always felt so disconnected from the Lord. And there's a part of my life where my parents went through this crazy divorce. And I was praying that it wouldn't uh, end that way, and it did. And so I thought, you know what? God's not real. He doesn't even answer prayer. He doesn't see me crying. He doesn't see all the pain I'm going through. I put my whole life into sports. My sports career went terribly wrong. And I thought, God doesn't care about my life. He doesn't care about the things that I enjoy. And I started to believe this lie that God hates me. 
And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going off to college. I want to do all these different things. And I know that in college I'm most likely just going to party my entire life away. But you know what? What if God is real? What if he is real and I miss out on God? Would I rather miss out on God or would I rather miss out on this crazy party lifestyle? And I thought, I've got to figure this out before I go to college. So I went to YWAM. I went to this crazy place. It was in Hawaii. And I just figured, you know what? If this place sucks, then I can surf the whole time. <laughs> I grew up in Florida. I loved surfing. And I thought, hey, worst case scenario, I'll be a beach bum in Hawaii. That's not that bad, right? And on the first day I was there, I was doubting God. I had all these different questions. And on the very first day, God showed up and encountered me in a way that I will never forget. And God proved to me that he was more real than the air I breathed. And that he was better than any drug I had ever taken. He was better than any relationship I had ever been in. He was better than any drink I had ever had. And I was in that moment discovering the very presence of God. And I realized in that moment, I knew what it meant when Paul said that there is a love that surpasses knowledge. Because all my life I had been fed the education, but I was so disconnected from it. But in that moment, I was encountering the very presence of God. And something changed in my life forever. And I've never been the, mo the same since that moment. Every addiction I had in my life was broken. I never wanted to do drugs again. I've never wanted to drink again. I've never wanted to get into messed up relationships ever again. And I realized, God, this is what I've been missing my entire life. This is what I've been longing for. It's not found at these parties. It's not found at these punk rock shows that I love going to and jumping around in the mosh pit and punching people in the face. <laughs> as fun as that is, it's still so empty and I realize, God, this is what my generation is longing for. This is what my generation needs is an encounter with your presence. Yeah. And when you encounter God's presence, everything begins to change. And I never thought God would use my life, but I said, God, if you could, Use my life to impact my generation. I will do whatever it takes, but I feel so unworthy to do this. But if you would use me to have that same transformation I had for my generation, I will do whatever it takes. And that has sent me on a wild journey of just discovering God and telling people about God. I am obsessed with telling people about Jesus. I like can't help it. I was in Subway the other day and this guy in front of me was getting a Subway sandwich. And I was with one of my best friends who uh, I had the privilege of leading to the Lord and recruiting to YWAM. <laughs> and we're still in YWAM together, which is awesome. We were in kindergarten together. Can you imagine that? One day we're out to lunch and uh, you know he took me out so I think he's buying my lunch. And he, he looks at me and goes, hey dude, I dare you to buy that guy's sandwich in front of you. It's this big, like, construction guy, you know, it's like the lunch hour rush. You can tell he wants to get in and out and back to work. So I'm like, you going to dare me, dude? Like, we've played sports our whole lives, competitive our whole lives. I was like, you're on. But look at that guy. I go, hey, dude, I'm buying your sandwich. He looks at me, and he's like, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, today's your lucky day. Free subway on me. And I look at the lady. I'm like, here's my credit card. Put that sandwich on there. And then my buddy Chase slides his sandwich down there. He's like, put that one on there, too. And I'm like, what are you doing? I was like, wait a second, dude. I thought I was coming out here for a free lunch. Now I'm buying two lunches. This is awful. And 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a YWAMer, dude. I ain't got no money, so. <laughs> so uh, I buy this guy a sandwich, and he's stoked, you know, and I go, hey, dude, you know what's better than a free sandwich? The free gift of Jesus Christ. You gotta let me tell him about you. I mean, you gotta let me tell you about him. And then Chase and I just start peppering this guy with the gospel, dude. And I'm giving it to him from like the emotional side of like, you need Jesus, man. Here's all the reasons why. And Chase is over here like, let me explain to you mercy, bro. You need to understand sanctification. And we're just hitting this guy. He's just like, what, what, what? This is crazy. You know what I mean? And then he's like, guys, I gotta tell you a story. Yesterday I drove into a church parking lot. I had my girlfriend and a two-year-old daughter in the car. And I was too scared, I gunned it out of the parking lot. And I was like, oh, I know that feeling, dude. <laughs> and he's like, I've been trying to figure out how to connect with God, but I don't know how. And this moment right here is a sign telling me I need to get back into the church. And I said, you are absolutely right. Yeah, come on. So we led that dude to Christ right there on his lunch break. And I said, this is going to change your relationship with your girlfriend, man. I know you're living together right now. Don't even worry about that. Just focus in on your love with Jesus because this is also going to help you become a better father to that two-year-old daughter that you have. And we shed a little tear together. I took a selfie with this guy, and I said, I'm taking this picture. I'm getting your phone number. I'm going to text it to you regularly and rem so to remind you that today is not like any other day. Today is the beginning of a whole new life you have with Jesus Christ. I'm obsessed with telling people about Jesus. I think it's so much fun. And, you know, I, that's why I get excited when I look at this room. And as I was praying, I had one verse that I wanted to share with you guys. And it was Jeremiah 1.5. And uh, this verse has come to mean so much to me. But it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And that's why I get so excited when I look at this room and I say that there's unlimited potential inside this room. Because I look at this verse and I just multiply it to every single person in this room. And I think Christianity becomes so alive when you realize that you were born for a specific purpose. You were born for a specific calling. Even before you were born, it says that God knit you together in your mother's womb. Yes. It means that God literally took time out of his schedule to think about your life and everything that would happen in your life. There is literally never going to be another you. It is impossible. It's impossible for God to create another you. If you do not discover who God has called you to be, the world is missing out on an aspect of Jesus Christ. You were created in such a unique way to display the glory of God. You were created in such a unique way to represent the character and nature of God. And there is nobody else on the planet that can reflect the character and nature of God like you. And so if you are not living out the full potential of your calling, the world is missing out. As I, was, as I used to party, I used to think, man, this, why would I leave partying and miss out on all of this amazing stuff? Why would I miss out on all this fun that I'm having, all this punk rock music that I love? And one day I felt God just whispered to me, and he said, you were never meant to envy the world. You were never meant to envy sinners. 
You were meant to live such an abundant life that it provokes the world and jealousy to love me. When I got saved, I had this amazing transformation, right? And I said, what am I going to do? I don't even know if this is real. So I just started opening my Bible. And all of a sudden, the words off the page became so alive every time I read it. I was like, this is unlike anything I've read before. I've studied this book in classes so many times. But now I'm reading it, and it feels like it's written just for me. And I, and I started being like, but if this is real, this has got to work out in every single daily task in life. And I would read verses like John, uh, John 10, 10, where Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life to the fullest. Because you see, I thought I was living an abundant, full life, partying and raging. And so I said, Jesus, if you're calling me to leave this, leave all of my friends, then you better show me that this really is the abundant life. And I would put it to the test. And this is why I'd like to say to you, don't get bored in your relationship with God. Don't get bored with your relationship with Jesus. Because you will, you will stop discovering God, and you will stop discovering your purpose. But when you discover your purpose, and you discover more and more of God, you will become alive in ways you never knew were possible. This is when you will realize that God has plans for you that are far greater than you could ever dream or imagine. That's where you look at Ephesians 3.20, where Paul says it. That God is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. So I'll put this to you this morning. I don't think that you are here at this epic college just to get a diploma. I don't think that you are here just to have a really neato square piece of white paper with fancy lettering on it that cost a whole bunch of money to put up in a few of your offices later on in life. To put up in your home. I don't think that's why you're here. And I'm not dissing education, but I want you to think about this. Maybe God has brought you here to this campus, to this university, for this specific time, for you to do something that has never been done before. When you study church history, you realize that so many revivals happen with college students gathering together to pray. When you study revolutionary tech companies, you realize so many of them start with college students. So many of them start as college dropouts. Think about Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg. He was just a college student. Think about Lyft, started by just college students trying to figure out how can we share rides to get home for spring break and Thanksgiving and these different things. And they come into these billion dollar industries and they start disrupting everything around them. Sometimes I look at that and I go, where is that disruption and creativity inside of the church? When you want to talk about being a startup, when you want to talk about being creative, talk about being revolutionary, look at the Bible. Genesis 1.1, God created all of this from nothing. Everything. Every component and facet of life. There is no greater entrepreneur than God. There is no one more creative than God. And you look at that creation, and you look at those five days that it took to build this massive 
universe that we still are studying and know very little about, and then you realize that one whole day was dedicated to you? One whole day was dedicated to God shaping and forming Adam and breathing life into his nostrils. And you realize that that day, Adam was born to live face to face with God and discover that purpose. So when you want to find your purpose, look no further than Genesis chapter 1-1 and realize that you were created to live face to face with God. You were created to live in radical intimacy with God. And you are meant to represent him everywhere that you go, taking dominion. So my question is, why are our Christian universities not creating some of the most dynamic things we have ever seen? Why are we not putting that creativity that we have into the presentation of the gospel? Maybe there is an idea or a dream inside of you that God wants to fan into flames this morning that's going to make you come alive. Maybe there's dreams and stirrings that will be birthed as you gather and pray, as you fast and cry out for God, as you dive into the scripture and look at it with a new lens, not just as an educational book to get a good grade in a class, but as an instruction manual for all of life. When you realize maybe God isn't so far away, this distant thing that is no longer relevant to our culture, but maybe God is so, so close. And maybe God is so accessible. This has led me to put together something that we call Commission the City this weekend. It's about gathering together in groups of friends, seeing a need, adopting it, creating projects, encouraging each other until it's completion. And there's all these different breakout groups designed for you to come and get trained and equipped, whether you, you love sports and you want to be a coach, whether you love business and you want to be an entrepreneur, whether you just love kids and love food and want to use food to gather kids and gather families to share the gospel, whether you want to just learn how to simply preach and articulate the gospel, there's all these different things because I believe that God is transitioning us into a whole new season of life. I grew up when the church was kind of like, it kind of was dead, and honestly it felt so irrelevant. And I, get, and I was getting fed all this stuff of like, you're a millennial, you're postmodern. This means you don't believe in absolute truth anymore. And we have all these people marketing us, trying to tell us what our generation is like. They're trying to say, you don't believe in absolute truths. Millennials are lazy. Gen Zs are lazy. All they want to do is play video games. All they want to do is, they don't want to work hard. But they don't know that we literally created the platforms for them to share all those different things. And actually, we like those platforms like Instagram and figure out how to make money off it and launch our whole businesses off them. Am I right? It doesn't sound too lazy. Am I right? And they're trying to tell me millennials don't believe in absolute truth. And I say, no, we just haven't found the absolute truth that we are willing to die for. But you better believe that once we discover this truth, once we discover that Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life, we are going to step into a place of influence and start releasing creative projects, creative businesses like the world has never seen before. And people are going to be coming to us asking us, how did you do it? What is so different about you guys? How did you get the cure for cancer? 
How did you get the cure for AIDS? We asked God, who is our healer. We asked God, who created the universe, how to bring it back to its original design. And he actually lives in relationship with us, and he gave us insights. He gave us clues. He gave us steps. That's why I believe that there is unlimited potential inside of this room when I apply Jeremiah 1.5. God has called you not to be a prophet, but scratch that out and put in anything. A teacher. A nurse. A doctor. A coach. I believe God wants you to start dreaming bigger dreams this morning. And start realizing that the kingdom of God is massive. The kingdom of God is not far away. It's not this ethereal place. Being a Christian is not receiving a passport to heaven. Being a Christian is discovering the purpose that you have on the earth. And living it out. And demonstrating it on a daily basis. I want you to think about this for a second. In closing, I love the story of, uh, you know, Peter stepping out of the boat. You know, it's always like a classic kid story, popular church story, right? Peter stepping out of the boat, and the water, and the wind, and ooh, it's really cool. But then Peter sinks down, Jesus reaches down, and he's like, hey, why all this unbelief, you know? And we always concentrate on the part of Peter's unbelief. But I started looking at this story one day, and I started thinking about it from a different angle, not just the unbelief, but looking at it from, would I rather have been in the boat of my comforts or would I rather have been out on the boat or out on the water with Jesus? Jesus didn't reach down and touch any of the other disciples to save them because they were too stuck in their comforts. And so this morning, would you guys pray about areas that you feel you could step out in, where you would actually meet Jesus in and encounter him in a radical way? Because I believe when you start doing that, everything becomes more alive. And, it, and my prayer for you this morning is that you would begin to hunger for God in a new way, that you would move closer to Jesus in a new way, that your mind would be expanded, that your vision would be expanded for the plans that God has for your life. I'll pray for you guys this morning. Father, I want to thank you for this chapel. I want to thank you for every person in this room, God, that you literally created them, that you knew them before they were born, and you created them with un believable potential and unbelievable purpose and God I pray that leaders would arise from this room that leaders revolutionaries would arise from this room this morning and begin to shape and create the future according to your plans according to your will God we ask that your kingdom would come in Jesus name amen Woo!